This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats. Yay! <laughs> In our tasting glasses this episode, we try one eighth Untitled Whiskey Number no. 4. We discuss why women are better whiskey tasters, the difference between accelerated and traditional aging, and what to do with used bourbon barrels. Enjoy! What are we drinking today? Today we are drinking uh, the Untitled Whiskey Number no. 4 from 1-8 Distilling here in our very own Washington, D.C. Mm, it's like a 60s love song. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so 1-8 uh, is named for Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution, which, uh, among other things, provides for the establishment of a district to serve as the nation's capital. So mm. that's why it's called 1-8. Which I never knew until... Oh, I didn't know that either. I was researching this. Yeah, so this is whiskey number four. Everything, they they make a, a range of, th- of whiskeys. They're all numbered. They also make gin and vodka. Um, but this is a, a Tennessee sour mash whiskey... So basically what they it's a it's a collaboration with Vigilante Coffee. So they took their bourbon barrel that aged coffee beans for those guys... And then aged this in that barrel. So, okay. So they got the bourbon barrel from like somebody else. Yeah, I don't know who that, and I don't know who they got it from. Um, age? I didn't realize you could age them in a barrel. And does that do stuff? I mean, it's not a liquid, so most of the beans aren't touching the sides. I don't know if they do it like when while it's like full of water. I don't really know how they age the the beans. So they age the unroasted beans. Oh. So it may be that there's enough moisture in unroasted beans that... Okay, this is something to look into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's kind of a sidebar in itself. Yeah, but. no, but it's a good question. Um, I don't actually know. So a sour mash is kind of like a sourdough bread. You use a starter. You, you basically incorporate an, an old batch of whiskey into your current... Like old, ba- old batch of whiskey, sorry. I, I hate the word mother. <laughs> you incorporate uh, an older uh, batch into your... The batch that you're you're making now it's used a lot in bourbons they call their mash bill high rye and i emailed them to be like how can tell me what you're like what is your mash bill like (laughs) what what is it so it's i don't know if this is really high rye it's 84 percent corn eight percent rye and eight percent malted barley i mean it's high in that it's not 100 percent corn right Mm -hmm. but uh the grains are are locally sourced from the eastern shore of Maryland and Culpeper, Virginia. Okay. And I also had to ask them because there's no information either on the bottle or the website how old it is. Uh, it is the whiskey itself is four years old and then it was aged in the coffee barrel for three months. Okay. So finished in the barrel. Finished in the barrel, right, right. for three months. So it went into a charred oak barrel and then finished in the... Right. Used bourbon coffee Coffee barrel barrel (laughs) for three months. Right. Right. So the whole aging was not in the coffee, but some of it. And the first time I tasted this, I did have some of the coffee that had been aged in the bourbon barrel. It was pretty good. Hmm. Could you get any kind of, you know? Yeah, it was kind of a boozy coffee. It was nice. (laughs) Interesting. We'll have to have (laughs) a field trip for that, I guess. I enjoyed it. Other notes about 1-8 that I enjoy. Uh, $1 of every bottle sold goes to Habitat for Humanity hmm. for local projects. 
Oh, that's nice. Um, they collaborate and raise funds for DC Central Kitchen. And they have a Whiskers and Whiskey happy hour what? for the Washington Humane Society. Oh. Which, well, why have we not been there yet? Big fans. <laughs> big fans. <laughs> so that's my, uh, that's the story of this bottle from 1-8. Shall we taste it? Yes. So it's this little, little yeah. Apothecary. Apothecary bottle. It looks like a flask. I love the shape of it. I like their logo. It's very simple. Yeah, and the the label on here is all handwritten on. It's a really nice space too. I mean, it's a very nice little. Are they in um, Ivy City? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a strong nose at all. No, it doesn't have a strong nose, but it smells like there's something in there. And if I didn't know that it was the coffee, I can't tell whether I'm attributing it to right. that because I, I know what it is. Because I, I I smell like the bitter coffee. I know. I probably shouldn't have told you beforehand. <laughs> There's something bitter that the bitterness is what I smell. I certainly would never have like just guessed that there was coffee. There, there is it's something there, but it almost is not a f- food flavor. Hmm. You know, you know how maybe leather actually is so it because I'm hmm. thinking it's one of those hmm. not you know on the whiskey wheel mm-hmm. something else. It's not like a grapefruit or a right citrus it's more, or it's a like vanilla. a deeper smell. Yeah, like almost kind of musky. You know, mm-hmm. well, musky is good. Yep. Yeah, I like musky smell. Yeah, I like that. I like that word. It's not bad. It's very faint. So, mm-hmm. all right, should we try? Cheers. Ooh. So I got a super amount of spice to the point where I kind of obliterated my taste, and that's all. Like my tongue is like dead. I got wow. super spice yeah. and then like a plant. <laughs> <laughs> like again, like kind of the bitterness of a stem of something, hmm. but it was kind of. Or, you know, like what, grassy? I want to say, or, yeah, grassy. I was going to say organic. What does that mean? Grassy. And then it was gone in a flash. The the, the mega spice, I, I agree with. That's so funny. I, I'm i I'm obliterated by sweetness. Mm. That's all I could taste was just sugar wow. at first. And then it faded. And then I get, then I get kind of the, like, the grassy, almost an aftertaste. But I actually didn't really feel like this was super spicy. My first sip That's kind exciting. of is the grassiness kind of gives way to a grain taste that tastes to me like barley. It tastes like the floki at the end of it. It does have a little bit of a barley was taste. The, was the floki barley? Mm-hmm. Yes. So very, very barley. Very barley, right? So that's what it finishes with for me. Okay. Yeah. I could. That barley grassiness is very close together. On yeah. That. It's almost like a flat taste. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a like a deep flavor, mm-hmm. but but it also doesn't feel like a young whiskey, you know, like when we've had this sort of single note. It doesn't really taste like that at all either. Yeah. It's really in between. It is four years, so it's so it's older than the babies that we yeah tasted a lot of in a row for a while. But it's not super mature mm-hmm. tasting. Like the fact that I can taste that much barley is odd. I think. Well, you know, and that rye is supposed to be a little spicy, but I'm, it's weird. I'm just not, I'm not really not tasting it. I really just taste Funny. sugar and not like vanilla or yeah, I'm not getting molasses any or anything like that. Or, it's really like white sugar. It smells sweeter now that it's sitting here in my glass. Yeah. I almost smell rosemary. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Let's put a drop of water in here. I can smell, I can smell the grassiness. Yeah. 
See, now to me, all I smell is sweet. Really? Yes. It, kill, it really... I mean, I didn't... I wasn't smelling a ton of sweet in the first place, but what was there? I can smell a little bit more vanilla or some vanilla. I smell... I smell more vanilla and I taste grass. It's more I sp- don't know what I taste. <laughs> it's, more, it's more spicy to me. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, you're like all over the place. <laughs> all over. This is funny. I don't think we've ever disagreed this much. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think part, not to dissuade your uh, water pouring skills since I no longer have the pitcher, but um, I'm kind of I'm kind of only tasting water. <laughs> I know. I think I I overly splooshed you because. Well, that, that was was an imperfect a, uh, attempt. Yeah, it it is like I it is more vanilla on the nose now, but you know I didn't taste any vanilla or smell any vanilla in the original iteration. So the sweet that you tasted was sugar, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's it's spicier now. That, like, it did what the water always does, and it killed that sweetness. And, and I taste the spice now, but I felt like it was completely hidden before. It's a weird spice to me, because I, I still going back go back to the word flat. Like, it's still, like, a flat spice. Like, it's... When I first had it without the water, it was very, like, a harsh spice, and now it's just a dull spice. Well, remember when yeah. we, a couple episodes ago, we tried a whiskey and we were talking about how the spice was sort of like a non-specific spice, mm-hmm. that it was just like spice cookies kind of spice, mm-hmm. right? you know, and like mm-hmm. not very like grocery store mm-hmm. spice cookies. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're thinking? That it's not, you know, you don't, you don't taste like cinnamon or nutmeg. Right. It's like just a... It's just there, but it's very flat and dull. Yeah. But it's spice. I think it tastes like because of the rosemary that I was getting. It's like herbs, like that part of grassiness, mm-hmm. like raw herb. Interesting. Maybe that's where the spice is coming. Yeah, from. that's. I mean, yeah. that's what I. That's what I did. That's what I get out of it. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's. How much was the? It was not cheap. It was. It was expensive enough that it gave me pause. I think this was like forty bucks. Wow. For, um, and this is a. A two hundred milliliter. Mm-hmm. And I, I should have like written a little sticker on it to remind me, but I remember standing there like, oh, do I really want to spend this? So I think it was that. I think mm-hmm. it was like forty bucks. Well, yeah, a whole dollar went to Habitat for Humanity. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, I think it's worth. It's definitely worth going there and tasting the full range of what they do. They were pretty different. Mm-hmm. This was the one that I liked the most. I think it is interesting. I mean, I don't dislike it. I think it's a, it's kind of strange. Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where it would fit in my drinking it's... repertoire. Like, when would I pull this out to drink? Other yeah. than to be like, try this DC whiskey, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, when, yeah. I can't really picture pulling it out just to sip on. Mm-hmm. All right. And the coffee part is like... You know, for me, it was there on the nose in the very beginning, but there's no, but there's no, there's yeah. no sense of it anywhere else. Well, I almost feel like what what interaction can there be between a a non liquid and a used bourbon barrel? It just it almost just sounds like a gimmick, and so well, and also they're pre roasted; they're not roasted yet. Which like coffee beans don't really have much flavor until they're roasted. I can't imagine right. a not. I mean, they're basically berries, right? Yeah. So. With pretty, I guess I'm just not understanding the the utilitarianism of putting the berries in a used. Bourbon oh yeah, barrel. I know. Like I don't. I, I, 
Yeah, on the coffee side, I got it. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I could taste it. But on this side... But then... And then putting... It's kind of a one-way imparting... Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to taste the a four-year-old that wasn't finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just to compare. But yeah. I'm pretty sure that I did that in the store, and I did not like it as much. And so maybe the effect of this barrel, the three months of finishing, is tones it down a little bit. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Time for Science Corner. <laughs> Hooray. Today in Science Corner, we're going to talk about why women taste whiskey better than men. I was so much anticipation about how a sentence like that ends. Why women? Why women? Yes. Actually, I don't think I can tell you why because this article, while it wants to be scientific, it really. Doesn't give us a lot of reason behind this, but anyway, okay. So this is an article about um, a couple studies that have come out that because women have a much better sense of smell than men, we actually are much better at tasting whiskey than they are. Hmm. Well, that um, starts with a big uh, assumption that I we don't necessarily have. I mean, is, is that a real there thing? There have been scientific studies, including like watching men and women's brains when they smell things to see what how, what parts of the brain are activated hmm. and uh we do it better how funny scientifically proven also i can tell you that the man that i live with can't smell fuck all and <laughs> i smell everything so my anecdotal um experiment okay. of two <laughs> fair enough so your sense of smell accounts for as much as 90% of what you taste when you taste something. Mm. And uh, this was done by smell disorder researchers in Chicago. Mm, I sure. love that there are smell disorder researchers. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they did this study and it, and it goes a long way to um, helping you taste things, your sense of smell. And then there was a study in Brazil that found strong biological evidence that women are far better equipped than men for nosing. So the smell disorder people looked at our brains. And the Brazilian study looked at how many cells you have in your olfactory bulbs, which is the first region of the brain that receives uh, signals from the nose in postmortem brains of men and women. Um, and women have, on average, 43% more cells in that structure and 50% more neurons than men. Wow, so, 50%. Yeah, so physiologically, we are just built better for this. Huh. That's crazy. Yeah. it's all, And they think, this one they didn't really have a study for, and so this is very arm-wavy, but their guess was that it resulted evolutionarily because women were are more into pair bonding and kin recognition because the men are off hunting and we are dealing with our kin mm-hmm. babies and uh, and bonding with our pairs. And your sense of smell is a part of how you do that. So the long and short of it is we are better at tasting whiskey. And also in this article, he went out to enlisted his five favorite whiskeys that also smell amazing that women and men should taste together. It's a very odd article. Wow. 
What I learned from this is that there are, the I know it's a little all over the place. What I learned is that there are places that I had no idea made whiskey that do, and now we need to find them. Okay. So Luxembourg, Australia, Austria, France, which we had, and Germany. He lists these five, his five favorites from all these places, and now I think we need to add them to our tasting list. Okay. Okay. So this really was not about whiskey specifically. It was the fact that, I mean, does that just mean women taste better? Yeah. Okay. Just overall, in yeah. general. But this article was not pitching it towards whiskey. Yeah. Specifically. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't something about whiskey that makes us... No. It's just... No. <laughs> so you can we say taste that everything a, across the board. Beer, right. wine, food. I think that covers everything. <laughs> yes. Dirty laundry. Yes. Okay. In fact, they use a smelly t-shirt example at one point in this. Um... <laughs> So he's like, oh, you should taste these and see if you can tell them apart. Da, da, da. See if you're better than your male or female counterpart. No oh, boy. Tasting these. And that's when he listed his five favorites. So, well, so we could did, do that with our blind testing. We could. It's true. We could. So, but did he run this experiment or it, this was just like a fun aside at the end? Being it was like, a fun aside okay. at the end. Like, if you were to do this, that's what I think you should do with. Yeah. You should have done it. I agree. <laughs> article about whiskey aging Hmm. a lot of it is stuff we've already gone over it's sort of an article about all of our different readings and experiments and ponderings all distilled into one article which i thought was like oh it summed up our (laughs) past season and a half quite nicely in this little little article good good job nautilus (laughs) so it starts out with basically saying that uh, there is a bourbon shortage coming. Everyone knows it's coming. We're running out of stock, uh, bourbon stock, that is. Saying that in 2002, the U.S. sold 13 million cases of bourbon. In 2014, there were 19 million cases, generating $2.7 billion in revenue. And so you, that just illustrates the popularity over the years. And basically, we're, it's all coming to, a head, coming to a head and that we're quickly running out of it. And non-anecdotally, there was a independent opinion survey conducted this year by Fred Minnick. He's a blogger and author of Whiskey Women, the Untold Story of How Women Saved Bourbon, Scotch and Irish Whiskey, which they obviously need to read, <laughs> found that 82% of 149 high-end bourbon drinkers said that they have been unable to find bourbons they once found. Wow. So it's pretty high, um, but then again, high end, they're really looking at top shelf bourbons, um, things that have been aged 12, 15, 18 years. Mm. They're just, it's gone. They've kind of run through that stock already. And so because they're no longer able to find those higher aged barrels, um, bourbons, they are now going to kind of the step down and starting to clear out the next level <laughs> of stock. So you can see that a little like trickle down effect huh. that's going to start coming for for the more middle shelf shelf oh, bourbon. Pretty soon our fireball is going to be at risk. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> <Darn>. <laughs> um, and so because of this, everything is coming to a head. They started to turn their eyes eye towards entrepreneurs looking to accelerate aging. (laughs) And so within this, they're saying 
that companies are looking at unconventional aging methods as well as starting to put zero age expressions on their bottle so they can hurry up and get their bottle to the market faster. So with still trying to be within the letter of the law, being especially with Barbara having the age two years, but then after that, not giving an age expression so they can say, you know, at minimum, you know, it's two years, but who knows? So they can blend or not blend, but mm. they gives them a little bit of leeway um, to get it to the market faster. And then they talk about... Um, what we have discussed previously about how actually um, bourbon is um, aged within the barrel, what that uh, scientific process is, and then how these unconventional aging methods are trying to replicate that. Giving the example of Hudson Baby Bourbon and Hudson Four Grain Bourbon as one uh, unconventional aging method in that they use um, two to five gallon oak barrels. So there's more alcohol to barrel surface ratio. Mm-hmm. Um, they talked about Copper Fox distillery, which we tried in that, if you remember, they add the oak chips to their 53 gallon barrels. Can I ask a question here? I mean, maybe you're going to get to this. Are the people who bought the top shelf stuff going to buy this? I'm going to get there. Okay. (laughs) Because I'm like, why would they do that? I'm going to get there. Okay. And so then they also talk about Licks, who we've talked about previously, the the whiskey in Ohio, who uses the steel tanks and wood segments under pressure and agitation. Um, And so all of these, you know, looking at these new companies, trying all these individual aging methods. And to your question, Jen, are these high-end bourbon drinkers going to purchase these underaged, some would say, whiskeys. Or like no, or knows knows what age. Who knows what age. And basically they're saying that most bourbon experts are agreeing that these bourbons fall short on taste, that they don't measure up. So you think they just won't buy anything? I mean, if there's nothing left to buy. This is a quote from the article saying, some accelerated whiskeys don't feel right. They feel too thin. They don't appear. They don't have the proper roundness to them in terms of taste. You're not getting, giving the interaction between the alcohol and the wood time to really come together and mellow and and basically age, um, which gives you a fuller, rounder, mellower flavor. And at the end, they they talk about how you know high end whiskey distillers kind of saw this coming, that the end was sort of the the bourbon apocalypse was coming. (laughs) So they ramped up their production, but they're very dismissive of accelerated aging. And they quote Mark Brown, CEO of Buffalo Trace, saying that they have spent $10 million on research and development on how to make quality whiskey and not on how to cheat time. (laughs) Yeah, because the people that buy the high-end stuff are not just buying like a thing that tastes like, you know... A nice bourbon, like you know, they're buying so much more than that. Sorry, yeah, I'm just like it's yeah, it it does seem counterintuitive. Like, and 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 at the end, he just said, you know, they just say that generally this it it only reinforces the need for time in the barrel, and that's that's what they're finding with these with these sort of unconventionally aged whiskeys is that it just it doesn't compare to twelve. 18 years that you're going to get in in a barrel itself. Is this just a U.S. problem? Um, They only talk about bourbon within this article. Well, that actually kind of answers the question that we've been asking every time we try one of these, which is like, well, does it compare? I mean, is the artificial aging 
really equivalent to aging? And I mean, it sounds like the answer is no. Yeah. yeah. At least the market thinks no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they'll just have to wait, wait it out. Yeah. Or spend even more money to find even more secret bottles or change their taste to start drinking something well, from France or something from Luxembourg. And I suppose, you know, for talking about the market, it's like once these run out and because obviously, the, you know, they're running out because more people are buying them. Only the hardcore people are going to stick around mm-hmm. until more are aged. And that will really filter out kind of the chaff of people who right. are glomming on to like a new trend. Mm-hmm. How long are the unconventional aged distilleries going to stick around? Like, are they, do they have plans to put just regular whiskey in a barrel and sit, sit on it for 12 years or... Are they unable to because of financial reasons that they just have to get the product out there to recoup some sort of investment within 12 years? Well, it almost doesn't really even matter because like the the audiences are just different. Like those mm-hmm. high end people are never going to buy it. So whoever is buying this will just keep buying it. Who knows whether, you know, we don't really have an answer over whether that demographic is big enough to support the market. But I think if, you know, the people who have always been making the long-aged whiskeys will just keep doing it because they know their hardcore audience is not going to go away. They're going to wait. And they're probably the only ones that are in a position to do it because they have the space and the barrels and they've probably started on some stuff a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just thinking, could we get in on this? <laughs> Starting <laughs> stuff now, but like we're probably behind the... I know. Oh, we're totally behind 15-year yeah. whiskeys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In 15 years, bourbon is going to be out of style. And only grandpas will be drinking it. I will still drink it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be grandpas by then. (laughs) That's interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, you know, we really haven't talked about much this season that we really talked about a lot in the first season is barrel wood. Oh, We talk about it, you know, in relation to, you know, here and there, but we talked about lumber and so much for a long time. And so we haven't really talked about barrels and like what people do with them and that whole weird barrel market that goes on on the side aftermarket yeah is drake getting in on the barrel market oh god i wish (laughs) please drake (laughs) (laughs) however i so as you do know i bought a new place and was putting new floors in and i asked a bunch of people for advice on like what new floors i should get and our friend johnny lazik who sent us that canadian whiskey we tried a while back uh left me this link to a place that does mill work and they make flooring out of used whiskey barrels. That's awesome. I love it. It's so cool. The company is called River Drive. Um, they're located in Maine. Of course they are. Of course they are. <laughs> oh, I love it. And they actually do all kinds of stuff. Like they just they just salvage barrels and they use them. You know, they, they make some like kind of artwork type things. They make... Um, uh, like games, you know, like board games. Uh, they make little like writing pens. I mean, they make all sorts of stuff, but then their millwork is like a whole section. And it's kind of beautiful. I mean, it's not necessarily stuff you would put in like your regular home, but um, but if you owned like a restaurant or a bar, it would be beautiful. Or if you had like a farmhouse kind mm-hmm. of situation. I mean, a lot of them even have the distillery stamp on them, like burned oh, into the barrels. I love it. Oh, they fun. do different ones. So like some of them will just be... Uh, the exterior staves of the barrel, and it's all made out of that. Some of them will be just like the heads of the barrel, um, and different like different kinds of patinas, and and like I said, the stamps and everything. It's just really really neat. Um, I want this in my dining room. I know I can't. Oh, it doesn't have a price. 
priceless. Well, because it, it does say square foot. There's 25 square foot a case, which uh, 25 square feet is not a lot. So you would need many, 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 many cases to yeah. even do just like a regular place. But um, yeah, this is great. And like, yeah, so they started out as a reclaimed lumber company. I like the beginning of this. They say, we would search the dark depths of lakes and rivers for logs lost in the days in the river drives. Through our salvages, mm. though our salvages were successful, the process of recovering sunken logs is extremely laborious, costly, and heavily restricted by local, state, and federal agencies. It's certainly not how it's portrayed on TV. <laughs> we knew there had to be a better way. I'm like, is this portrayed like reclaiming lumber from rivers? Is that like a TV show that I'm not aware of? I guess. I don't know. I'd, I'd watch that show. Yeah. <laughs> so eventually they kind of got into this barrel situation because, you know, it's this whole aftermarket. So who knew? You can, you know, you can age your ketchup in old, you know, Jo- uh, 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 what's the, no, what's oh. the um, the Jim Beam barrels? Oh, that's right. And, uh, yeah. and, they, and they have Jim Beam barrels. Like you can sell your old barrels to this company because you know, as we know, like bourbon barrels, you can only use them once, and yeah. so mm-hmm. you got to get rid of them somehow. Now you can get your flooring done in bourbon barrels. Oh, that's awesome! I love that. Someday oh, I just want one good. room. Oh, I know. Mm. I do. I just want one room of bourbon barrel. Oh man, it's pretty cool. Oh, well, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's not what I bought, regretfully. <laughs> it's okay. Your floors still look great. They do. They look great. <laughs> I don't know. I think you need to think your life choices. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so that's it for another episode of Whiskey Cats. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at whiskeycats.com or, again, email us at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at whiskey underscore cats and if you want to call us with a question or a comment or a whiskey story or any of those things you can call us at 202-760-2009 thanks for listening cheers (laughs) (laughs) honey baby won't you cuddle near that sweet mama whisper in your ear I'm wild about that thing it makes me laugh and sing. Give it to me, Papa. I'm all about that thing. That's what I would drink this with is cats.